Ah, Brother Wing, it's one of the most glorious October 6th I've ever been uh, a part of today. I'm Brother Lawson. I'm here with Brother Wing. This is Answers to Gospel Questions. Brother Wing, how's your day going? The day is well. Oh, man, you always, you, you sound scriptural when you talk at times. I mean, you would have made a great, I hope you keep a journal. And I, when you die, I want to read your journal. I'll read it just like the scriptures. You're just an inspired man. Okay, well, that'll be, that'll be kind of cool. I'll, I'll, I'll add a little few notes in my journal for you to, to catch when you read my journal after I die. <laughs> yeah, make sure, yeah, you might want to edit some parts of your journal too, the parts yeah. that you've written about me. Well, students, this week's been a great week. We've been kind of just basking in the light of uh, General Conference and the uh, inspiration and just the cool things all about uh, General Conference. They did not announce a temple in Springfield, Missouri. Yeah, I don't understand, but uh, but I'm sure it's coming. Maybe next conference, right? Hey. I, I think that'll be great. So uh, I know that Bentonville Temple is is coming right along. You know, uh, we, we mentioned last time a little bit about how how to um, we talked a little bit about how to make crisis in our lives and how we combine general conference with our scripture study so that we can, can keep the words of prophets and apostles in front of us at at all times. You know, it's so important for us to recognize that. The words of these prophets and apostles, these these uh, men and women who are called by God to lead uh, Jesus's church here on earth, it's so important that we recognize that that we need to be studying their words consistently. I believe that President Nelson says at the end of every conference, "All right, we've got our marching orders for the next six months." I'm not sure about you, but it's really easy for me to forget orders, and so I I like to review those orders every now and again to make sure that. Um, that I'm doing the things I should be. There was one day um, early on in the history of the church where Hiram Smith, actually the brother of Joseph Smith, got up and was testifying about the importance of the scriptures. He was talking about how all he needed uh, in his life were the Book of Mormon Bible, Doctrine and Doctrine and Covenants. Prograde Price hadn't come about just yet, but he was he was convinced that all the answers that he ever needed in life were just found in those scriptures. Joseph kind of nudged Brigham Young, who was sitting there, and told him to get up and, and say, hey, tell us what you think about, about revelations from prophets. And Brigham Young said, testified of the importance of scriptures, but also said that uh, prophets are called for our specific day and have a message just for us, for our day. And we shouldn't neglect the words of, of living prophets and apostles. So it's important to, to continue to search those those words. The prophets, obviously, and apostles, they elevate, even in this conference, you hear them elevate the importance of canonized scripture or official scripture of the church. Um, but that doesn't mean that their words are less or not as, or can't be as inspiring or that they aren't as, search, as searchable. We can spend the same time uh, studying the words of, of President Nelson and the apostles as we would the Gospels in the New Testament or the Book of Mormon, and we can be just as uplifted and and edified. So we don't we don't pit the two to get uh, two against each other. Like which is better, the 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 scriptures or the words of the prophets? But they're meant to be used together, not separately. Uh, that 
when we use both of those together, that's when we really can uh, can hear him in a way that previously maybe we couldn't have. What else are you thinking this week uh, as we've been uh, talking about general conference and prophets and apostles? What other questions can we answer? Yeah, there's a question. Well, first of all, I wanted to say that there is some great uh, point to make about listening to the prophets and and letting the, the emphasis is on the Savior. The reason why we're not going to pit one against the other is because the emphasis is on the Savior. We're trying to hear him. And if he's going to speak through prophets, ancient or modern, we're going to we're going to value that and try to try to hear him through that. And I was really inspired by Camille Johnson's talk. Um, I think it was the Sunday morning session of general conference. And um, she just talked about asking questions, you know, and take those questions uh, to the Lord. And so if, if there is a concern or, or we we're kind of wondering, or how do we do this? Or why would we do that? Or why would they say that? Or, well, just take the question to the Lord, right? You know, and, and, and ask those questions to him. It was, it's really cool. So maybe one question that we might consider is how do how do prophets and apostles uh, make decisions um, in what they're, what they're doing? Um, you know, here's one statement from President Packer along those lines. Uh, first of all, he said that they make decisions uh, in, in unanimity. You know, that it's a unanimous decisions. They make them all together. And he talked about how, like, um, sometimes there's, one of the brethren's not there for their meeting, you know, as they meet as a quorum of the 12 with the first presidency. Um, and they'll, they'll trust the, the decisions of the group. But if, if one guy is like particularly expert because of his experience or his assignment or his personal interest on a particular topic, they'll wait until they've heard from him to make uh, a decision. And so he says, Matters of consequence are seldom decided in a meeting where they are proposed. So this is another way that they make decisions. Like if something comes up, they don't just make the decision right then. You know, they'll, they'll really study this out uh, to make sure and make sure they've heard from everyone. Make sure that everyone uh, does understand and feels uh, uh, that they understand what's going on and and um, all, all have been caught up to speed on the issues and understand it. And they're going to they're going to decide this together. And this is another way because they're going to make a unanimous decision. This is another way that it's really the Lord leading the church. They're all going to have to be open to inspiration and guidance uh, to do this. So it might have a little, little slower than what we might want, maybe. But it's going to happen at the right time and in the right way because they're making decisions this way. So it, so. Um... What you're saying is they talk about, so there, it's possible that they could have like discussions where they don't all agree. How do they, how do they come to a unanimous decision if they don't all agree at first? Like does the, does president Nelson say, well, I'm the prophet and I decide. And so everybody just be quiet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty fascinating that you can get a bunch of mortal people of a variety of experience and then they're, but they're, all focused on the Lord's will and giving glory to him and, uh, and work together to let the Holy spirit guide, uh, their decisions. I mean, it's, it's pretty fascinating. So I think, I think elder Rinland even addressed a little bit where he talked about how, if you, you don't have to necessarily have the same opinions and beliefs, 
but you do need to be unified in your discipleship and your love of the Savior. And I think that is the defining characteristic of, of these church councils, like the Quorum of the Twelve and the First Presidency and the members of the Seventy, is that they are unified uh, in their love of the Savior. They might not be unified in which sports teams they should be rooting for, which uh, even politically they might not be unified, uh, but they are unified in their love of the Savior. And that is the most important thing to be, to be unified in. So, right. And, you know, Elder Bednar recently said how um, all these decisions, you know, once President Nelson became the prophet and it seemed like it was just rapid fire, boom, 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 all these things happened, you know. And he's, he, he made the point, they had been counseling about some of these things for years, if not decades, you know, and, and it wasn't a matter of what to do, but when to do it. Yeah. Um, and so uh, they counsel about that as well. And so they're, you know, as we're watching what they do and following their lead, there might be some great ideas that are put forward or things that we think need to happen. It might just not be the right time yet, but it's, it's, it's a matter of, of not just of what, but also of when. You know, a great example of that, that's a really good point. A great example of that is actually when uh, Brigham Young was set apart as the prophet and president of the church. It wasn't until about three years after Joseph Smith died that Brigham Young, that the first presidency was reorganized and Brigham Young was called to be the president of the church. The, we all knew, the, the church knew that um, Brigham Young was supposed to be was supposed to be the next leader of the church, but for whatever reason, it wasn't um, it wasn't the right time for him to be ordained as the president of the, of the church. And um, since then, uh, since Brigham Young and John Taylor and Wilfred Woodruff, I believe uh, now we know that um, that it just happens very quickly. It happens within a, a week or two that a, a new prophet is called. So here's your quiz question, Brother Wing. Maybe you could uh, answer this just off the cuff for us. So let's say that um, in 30 years from now, when President Nelson dies at 125 years old, um, <laughs> who? how do they know who the next prophet's going to be? Like what, what happens? How do we, how do we know uh, who the next leader is supposed to be. Now, there's a beautifully simple process already in place where the Lord decides who the next prophet will be, and he's going to be the president of the Quorum of the Twelve. And so there is a seniority among those brethren, and whoever's been the, uh, an apostle the longest uh, will be the next uh, prophet. Excellent. And so when the, when the prophet dies, then the first presidency is, is dissolved. Like the, there isn't a first presidency of the church any longer. The church is being led by the president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. And it is led by that until that um, individual, that president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, is set apart and ordained as the prophet, uh, seer, and revelator of the church. And he calls counselors and then the first presidency is is again reorganized and so i love that that you mentioned that that's the lord who made that decision and so it doesn't have to be a question in anybody's mind there's no vote that's taking place um 
but it is given by revelation and um and i imagine ordaining and setting apart a prophet is quite a spiritual experience for those who've uh been involved in that so excellent i love that all right students hopefully this was helpful to you you got some answers to some gospel questions remember next time is fat friday go ahead and submit any questions that you have maybe you have questions about um about prophets and why they're called and how they're called and and who it's is called why the lord calls who he calls so whatever questions you have uh just text us email us email, uh give us a call and we'd love to to approach those those questions on friday all right well, uh, Brother Wing, it was a great visiting with you. I'll check you out on, on Friday. Students, we love your guts, everybody. Stay righteous.